As a pastor, I have all kinds of phone calls and conversations throughout the week. And my favorite kind of conversation is when someone has a theological question that I actually know the answer to. This week, I had a member call me concerning a theological situation that is rather unique to their particular work. They are part of a community education outreach program in which they teach a class that is to end with a type of altar call. Yeah, their employer, whom I will not mention, is a faith-based ministry that helps to educate and support families. And during this time of teaching, the facilitator, our member, is to share their own Christian faith and then ask for a decision on the part of those attending if they too would give their lives to Christ. It's a type of altar call. You know, pray the sinner's prayer, then accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior moment. This is a very common practice in other Protestant churches, but not in the Lutheran church. And so our member wanted to know, as the facilitator of this come to Jesus moment, how best to go about an altar call as a Lutheran. Hmm. So how do Lutherans do a come-to-Jesus conversation? If Lutherans don't ask people to make a decision for Christ and accept Him as Lord and Savior, then what do we do? In answering this question, look first at how God has welcomed people into His family in the past. From day one, saving souls has been from His invitation and His choosing. Consider Father Abraham, who was chosen by God after hearing from God about his being chosen. He then believed what God had said to him. God was the author and perfecter of his faith. Abraham did not make a decision for the Lord. He, he didn't pray a sinner's prayer, although he was a sinner, and yet God made him fit for his kingdom by his grace. This choosing by God would continue through all of Abraham's children as the eight-day-old baby boys were circumcised. This child had nothing to say about this choice, but was only, they were only receivers of the grace from God, so they, even at eight days old, that child was a full-fledged member of God's family. In the New Testament, the same choosing by God continued. Jesus would remind His disciples in John's Gospel, You did not choose me, but I chose you. St. Paul, who was indeed the chief of sinners at his own admission, was confronted on the road to Damascus by the risen and living Jesus. There was no prayer to be prayed, no decision to be made. Jesus chose him. And now in the New Testament, baptism has replaced the Old Testament covenant of circumcision with now a washing with water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Here in baptism, God continues His choosing, His forgiveness, His, and there He gives new life in His Son, Jesus. He does this on His own and independent of our actions or thoughts. Yes, we repent of our sins because now we have been given a new life in Jesus but He is the one who has started and continues this gift of life completely by His grace and not of our efforts. St. Paul would write in Ephesians 2, 8, 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is a gift of God. And God can give you this saving faith simply by hearing the good news. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing the message of Christ. Saving faith is a gift and work of the Holy Spirit. But from our human perspective, we do consider the message and can even decide that the message about Jesus that we've just heard is good and it is right and then choose to follow Christ. But this feeling and choosing is not possible unless the Holy Spirit has already been there first and has been working in the heart to give the desire to choose and the faith to believe. So, back to our member who asked the original question, how can one faithfully speak to another person about Jesus? It is in complete harmony with the Holy Spirit's work to ask if someone who has heard the good news about Jesus, if they would now like to follow Jesus. I mean, wasn't this the invitation of Jesus himself? Come and follow me. Follow Jesus. Get to know him through his word in the Bible. Live with him in such a way that you make the effort to include him in your daily decisions. Talk to him daily in prayer. Trust Him even when life is not easy, and obeying Him would go against everything that you really want to do. Can a person be invited to be a follower of Jesus? Yes, of course! Can someone be asked to decide if they'd like to hear more about Jesus? Yeah! Can someone decide if they believe in Jesus? No, not on their own. It is the work of the Spirit. Remember what Jesus told Peter after his big confession, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. But what about the sinner's prayer? I mean, ah, don't worry, I haven't forgotten it, nor is it irrelevant. Confessing our sins, repenting, and believing the good news of Jesus is the normal everyday practice of those who follow Jesus. It's not a one and done, just like confessing that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. This is all part of the normal ongoing life of one who is saved and following Christ. The main difference then between Lutherans and other Protestants is that we confess that we are receivers of such grace of God who has done the choosing and made us His own. You might remember from your catechism days how Luther explained the third article of the Apostles' Creed when he wrote of the Holy Spirit and of his work, saying, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to Him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with His gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. And in that true faith, I will see all of you followers of Jesus in Bible study and worship this weekend. And oh, by the way, I'm really looking forward to the weekend because I'll get to see my little guy who's now nine months old. See you this weekend.